Hello. Today's episode of Future of the Fairway is brought to you by American Classic Golf Club, home of the first world fling golf tournament. Here at American Classic, we like to do things a bit differently. We offer nine holes instead of 18. We like to deck out our golf carts and American flags, and we make sure to put the biggest emphasis on having fun. If you're ever visiting the Lewis or Rehoboth Beach areas or anywhere near Lower Delaware, please give us a call today to book your fling golf tea time. You can do so by giving us a call at 302-703-6662 or visiting us at AmericanClassicGolf.com for more information. We look forward to having you. We hope to see you soon. And do not forget, you got to aim high to let it fly. I'd say one of the coolest parts of their headquarters building is the section where they have all the heads hanging on this little turntable thing mm-hmm. of all the different prototypes they made through all those years. And you oh, can wow. see the evolution of what they started with and the angles that they had and they played around with putting metal on the side for putting and I mean they, they even had a prototype prototype of a ex- extendable stick that they tried and yeah. oh yeah it's just it, that was great. You know, I've been a part of a lot of things in my life in different groups and, you know, military and, and work-related and bowling and other sports that you play. And I don't know, just to me, it feels like the fling golf community is just so, so genuine, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think the other thing that that goes back to is it goes back to, you know, John, Alex, and Steve. Welcome back to the Future of the Fairway podcast. It is an honor to have you join me once again for the top-rated, exclusive, one-of-its-kind fling golf podcast in the world. Thank you for being a part of this community, and thank you for listening every week. On the podcast today is main event Mike DeRussia, fresh off a second-place finish in the team event and a top-10 individual finish at the Virginia Fling Golf Open. DeRussia and I had a quick-moving 80-minute conversation filled with some great stories, If I've said it once, I've said it every time, and I still mean it. I think you're going to love this episode. Mike's a fantastic guy, a strong competitor, and willing to go the extra mile for whoever that may be, fling golf or french fries. But before we get into the interview, I wanted to let you know to be sure to stick around to the end of the episode, as today is the debut of the After Show a new weekly segment where Showtime Austin Eversole joins me to chat about a variety of topics. We kick off this week with Showtime's insights on how to market yourself to grow your brand and partnerships. Obviously, it's going to be a good time. Here at Future of the Fairway, I'm looking to keep bringing you the best content on the sport, the people, and inside information, and innovating along the way. The after show will be featured at the end of each of the episodes, but it's also going to be available as a video podcast at the end of the week on the upcoming, yet-to-be-released Future of the Fairway YouTube channel. So, lots of great content today. Let's get into it. Here is main event Mike DeRussia. I am very excited to introduce Mike DeRussia, main event Mike. Uh, 
straight from uh, from Maine uh, joining the podcast today. Mike, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Adam? I'm doing doing really well. Um, one thing I want to say uh, right off the bat is I, um, I really appreciate um, you correcting me on the pronunciation of your last name. Um, I was um, I used to teach uh, English to international students, and I know that names are incredibly important. Um, so, you know, I've I've fumbled around with a lot of names, but um, uh, yeah, I like uh, I appreciate uh, that uh, that correction because uh, that uh, really helps. And I think of the band Rush now uh, oh, see, when I think go. of your name. So a story, a little quick story behind that um, is my whole life. So there was me and my two brothers, um, okay. and uh, they're only few years ahead of me um and my whole pretty much my whole life my everybody just called me to russia you know through <clears> middle school high school it was nobody ever my friends didn't really call me mike they all called me to russia <clears> you know so i'd never really had to correct people growing up because that's what they just called me was my last right, name right so i go in the military and i spend however many weeks it was at basic training and uh that drill sergeant didn't know how to say my last name properly but you know there was no way in hell I was going to correct him. So <laughs> right. I went that whole time with him saying my name wrong. And it was fine, whatever, so be it. And then the last day when we graduated, went back to the barracks to pack up our stuff and head to tech school. And they called you in there and say goodbye or whatever and ask, you know, what we thought of it or whatever. And he called my name and I walked in there and I said, oh, by the way, sir, it's Derusha. And he's like, what? And I said, yeah, my last name is actually pronounced Derusha. He's like, I've been saying that wrong the whole time. And I'm like, yes, sir. He's like, why did you correct me? I said, there was no way I was going to correct you. And he's like, yeah, that's a good point. So um, so then that's that's a good little story there. And then just the other last week when you did Sean, and uh, Sean said my name wrong. And uh, I, was listening, I was listening to the podcast the other night, and as I'm listening to it, he says it wrong. So I pause the podcast, and I get on my phone, and I text him. And I said, hey, Sean, by the way, thanks for butchering my name. <laughs> and he he automatically chimes right back. He's like, "Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't I didn't realize that." He's like, "I'll never make that mistake again." So it, it was good. Oh, that's good. I, I, I'll um, I'll also give a um, uh, thanks to uh, Sam Scandron uh, Scannell, uh, whose name I also mispronounced on last week's pot. So um, uh, again, a nice easy association. Uh, Scannell like flannel. There you go. Good way to remember it. Yeah. Where did you do basic? Uh, so that was, basic was at San, yeah, San Antonio. Oh, okay. So I can't remember, oh, it is at, um, I think that's Lackland, right? I think that's Lackland Air Force Base yeah, in San yeah. Antonio. Yeah, I yep. lived in San Antonio for five yep. years. Yep, so I did basic in San Antonio in August, so it wasn't very fun. Oh my fun. goodness. Yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. <laughs> and then, uh, after basic, I headed up to, uh, Wichita Falls to okay. do my, to do my stuff after that, so... All right, all right. Very cool. And how uh, how long were you in the military? I did six years. So Very it was cool. good. Yeah, that was good. Cool. Well, uh, thank you for your service. Uh, that's uh, that's really cool. So, um, did you grow up in Maine? So I did. So, well, um, my family. I grew up in Vermont till I was okay. around six, I think, six or seven, when we moved to Maine because my father worked at a mill. So mm-hmm. he got, like, transferred kind of over to the mill here in Maine. Um, right. So then, you know, my folks and me and my two brothers moved over here. Um, the rest of my family was still in Vermont. You know, mm-hmm. most of them in Vermont, a couple in New Hampshire, but majority was in Vermont, and they and they pretty much still are. Okay. Um, so I came over here when I was, like, six and grew up here till 18 and then went in the military for six years and then came back and 
been here ever since. So. Very cool. Very cool. And um, you uh, you work for the state? Yep, I do. I work for the Department of Transportation for the state of Maine. So it's a it's a good place to work. Yeah, that's that's great. Um, I, you were uh, right before we started. You were telling me a great uh, little anecdote about uh, the type of work you do. Um, you want to uh, <laughs> tell the listeners a little bit about that? So yeah, so I'm an occupational safety specialist for the state of Maine. So part of my job is to uh, travel around and check out all the job sites that our transportation workers and our you know our foremans and and stuff do. Uh, so when I was in Virginia chatting with Big Cat. Um, I found out that he worked for the Department of Transportation as well, um, mm-hmm. I think Pennsylvania. And uh, so I mentioned to him, he said he was a foreman, and I said, oh, you know, I'm a safety guy. And he's like, oh, you're that guy. He's <laughs> like, yeah, that's the guy we don't want to see coming. And I said, oh, yeah, I, I hear that quite a bit as well. But <laughs> Oh, goodness, that's, that's fun. Fun, uh, fun connections. Oh, definitely. So, uh, so yeah, we, we're about uh, two weeks removed from uh, the Virginia Fling Golf Open, uh, where you came in, and, uh, man, you had a great weekend. Uh, you did really well. It was really cool uh, to watch, uh, watch your post uh, on social over the summer uh, after Delaware uh, and see the work you were putting in. And uh, had a great, I, I thought you had a great day on Saturday, and uh, then finished uh, with uh, the founder, uh, Alex Van Allen, <laughs> uh, second in the team tournament. Uh, pretty, uh, pretty cool uh, to to walk away with some, uh, uh, with a little bit of cash and um, uh, some some good honors and uh, bragging rights. Yeah, it was it was definitely an incredible weekend. Um, just leading up to it was exciting, and then meeting up with everybody there and, and playing with them. And you know, honestly, uh, I got there Thursday night late, so I wasn't able to play any on Thursday. But we had. <laughs> set up some tea times on friday uh, i had talked to kenzo and austin and sean like you know months in advance preparing to go out and come in early and, and try to get a couple rounds in so we had set it up so friday morning we could play at the resort first thing and then you know have a little bit of lunch and then go play at heritage in the afternoon um and it ended up working out so when it came into that final week you know big cat had reached out and see if saw if we had any time left which we did and then Jake did and Zach did. So come Friday morning, it was, you know, it was Kenzo and I and Austin and Sean. And then we had Big Cat and Zach the Mountaineer and Jake. And Rosie was with us the first 18 holes. And uh, mm-hmm. it was a great time. And, uh, you know, we we played the resort Friday morning um, just like we were going to play it on Sunday. You know, Sean mm-hmm. was going to be my partner and Kenzo and Austin were going to team up. So we did the alternating holes, alternating shots, just how we were going to do it. And um, one thing I'll, I'll tell you about svl you know like you talked to him last week he came in early he had been there for almost a week prior um sean's good he's smart he had Mm -hmm. that whole resort mapped out of how we were going to do it which ones i was going to throw from where he was going to throw from you know the ones where you know i had to throw first and he had to throw second you know where it was going to land i mean he had it all mapped out in his mind and uh when we played friday morning it was it was like perfect it was spot on i mean i think Mm -hmm. we ended up like three under after 18 holes, which was wow. just, it was just amazing. I mean, we were, we were feeling good. Um, and he told you about his incredible bunker shot, which, I mean, you want to yep. see, you know, eight people go crazy on one hole. We were just all standing <laughs> there and that thing dropped in there. And I, I mean, we were on the 14th hole and I swear people on hole one probably heard us cause <laughs> it was just loud. Um, so we finished that morning, you know, feeling pretty good. I mean, yeah, we had, we had talked and and I had talked to Alex a little bit beforehand and, you know, and, and, he thought that Sean and I would 
complement each other. You know, my, <laughs> my longer game is, is a little bit more than Sean's. Um, he can't throw quite as far as I can. Um, but his short game is far better than mine. He's been playing fling golf a lot longer than I have, so mm -hmm. his, his putting in his sidecar is where that made up ground for us. And the two of us together, it, you know, it would have been would have been great. You know, yeah. unfortunately, he got hurt um, Saturday afternoon, which just devastated him. You could tell that it did. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just by chance, Saturday night, I was talking to Alex, and, uh, you know, I asked him. I said, Sean can't play any, any chance you want to play. And he's like, well, maybe. He's like, but I gotta, I gotta do the rules thing. I said, well, have Sean do the rules thing. He knows the rules just as well as anybody. He's been yeah. around this for so long. So, I asked Sean if he minded if Alex, you know, stepped in and and Sean did the rules thing with a golf cart. And Sean was, you know, he was upset, but he was more than happy to let Alex mm -hmm. step in. And then, you know, for Alex not playing as much as the rest of us recently because he's been running the show and getting things ready and just running yeah. a, a business. He stepped in, and he had some good throws, and he had one putt that uh, must have been 12, 15 feet that was just incredible. And, oh, wow. You know, when it was all said and done, I, I thought we did fairly well. Um, we started out with, with Brandon and uh, Jack Wright pretty much mm -hmm. the first six or seven holes. We were tied with them. You know, we were both all around even, and mm -hmm. it was going pretty good. And then <laughs> I remember Brandon said on the on the back nine, he had said to uh, – Jack, that he was okay. We gotta, we gotta get some Reggies here. We gotta, you know, get some Reggies. Get caught up. Get going. Mm -hmm. And he, he said, it, they think they went 0 for 8 on those last eight holes with <laughs> oh, Reggies. No. So, um, and luckily Alex and I had got. I think we ended up at one point with four or five Reggies in a row, and um, so we we're kind of getting speed there. And and I didn't expect us to finish where we did, but um, when it was all tallied up and we came in second, I was, it was great. Yeah, how was it playing with uh with um with Alex? Uh, so. I guess we can jump back a little bit uh, earlier in the summer. We'll talk about um, you got to visit uh, New Swarm headquarters, right? So after I uh, after I went to Delaware, which we can talk about that a little bit later as well. Mm -hmm. um, after I got back from Delaware, I was stoked and stuff, and um, I had happened to have a free weekend in July that um, I had planned to hang out with a buddy. I can't remember exactly what we were supposed to do, but then COVID hit one of my buddy's friends and mm -hmm. we were supposed to go somewhere in New Hampshire for the weekend and, and it just it all fell apart we couldn't go because of COVID so yeah. I'm like well you know and at the time I was like I have nothing else planned so maybe I'll just reach out to Alex and I wanted it's not that far it's like two and a half hours from here to there so I reached oh, out nice. and I said hey any chance I could come down Friday afternoon check out the headquarters maybe just you know hang out and then maybe we could play around on uh, Saturday or something and Alex was like sure sure yeah um so I drove down Friday during the day, I got there in the afternoon. Um, when I got there, John was still there, but he was only there for a few minutes and he had to go. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Steve was still there and Alex was there. So, you know, Alex gave me a little bit of a tour around the headquarters, which was, is, a, is a pretty cool setup. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're in this, this small little brick building, you know, in the, in the center of Amesbury, and you would never expect them to, to be there. But then you get <laughs> up to, to where they're at, and it's just, it's like uh, fling golf christmas in there with all the stuff that they have so um and while i was talking to steve i was mentioning how i had gone from a launch up to a stinger and you know that i was thinking that i need to go a little, little bit longer to get some more distance and mm -hmm. so he's like well you know what he's like why don't we make you a stick he's like you know we get some grips over here and some heads and we'll, we'll find a shaft that you think you want so we ended up going with a long or a large i guess they call it stinger yeah i had a yeah. medium stinger before 
Um, so he went through the whole process of building the stick and how they do it, and I thought that was incredible. Wow. He's got a he's got a cool. jig jig set up on the table where he can put the he can put the shaft in the head and line it up and screw it in, and then he can put the grip on. And I mean, he's and he's just like a he can tell he's a pro at doing it. I mean, he right. he can build sticks and just knock them right out. So, um, so then after that, and actually not a lot of people know about this. I did post it on Facebook back at the time, but. So that Friday night, I wasn't sure what I was going to do, just hang out or whatever. Well, mm -hmm. Alex had ended up getting some tickets to go to the WWE wrestling event in Boston. Oh, so, cool. Yeah, so I ended up um, meeting up with Alex at his house, and we rode down in his car with me, him, um, his son, and then I think it was John's son went as well. So we went down and checked out the WWE event in Boston and had a pretty decent time. And oh, cool came back so that was kind of fun because i i enjoy wrestling and then i didn't realize yeah. that alex and his and you know those guys enjoyed it as well so so that was fun and then saturday morning we we woke up and i met him at a a course not too far from where they lived mm -hmm. and uh all we could play was a quick nine just because of the time frame and they had stuff yeah. to do and um i i had to get back as well so we played a quick nine holes um it was me and steve and alex and their two boys Mm -hmm. um, I think John ended up showing up toward the end, and he did a little bit of videotaping, and we got some good photos, which they used for the Fling Golf website and things like that. But all in all, it was, it was a great experience. One of the coolest photos, let me say, um, of you holding your stick um, towards the camera. Um, yeah, that, that, was, a, that was an Alex thing. He, we were trying to think of some cool shots. It was actually on the last hole we played. We'd finished the round, and um, trying to th I think by then Steve had left with his son because his son had to get to work. And uh, it was just me and Alex and his son and John trying to do a, a few little trick shots and some photos <laughs> and things like that. And and uh, I did, I so that picture right there, there was actually several where I was standing away from him. And then I would turn toward the camera while he was, like, recording it and then, you know, stuff like that. And then mm -hmm. all said and done, he just ended up going with just the still photo of me holding the stick with the pin in the background. And, uh, yeah, it came out pretty good. I think it's my, my profile picture right now, I believe. Yeah, I wonder, that may be a good one for um, your uh, cover art for this episode. Um, oh, there you go, yep. So, uh, no, that, I remember seeing that, and I was like, oh, man, that's going to be the pose that every fling golfer's got to, <laughs> got to get from now on. <laughs> yeah, it was a blast. And then, so one of the funny stories that came away from that was we had been playing, I think John showed up like the sixth or seventh hole and started recording a few shots here and there, and um, we got to that last hole. And he recorded a few things, and we get up to the green, and I think Alex and the other guys were on the green or really close, and uh, my ball ended up, I was on the fringe, I believe. You know, it was probably a 15, 20-foot sidecar that I was trying, maybe, maybe a little bit further than that. Okay. And at this point, John stopped recording, right? So I just walk up to my ball, and I kind of I get set up, and, and I flip it, I sidecar it, and it starts rolling, and I'm like, holy shit, that's going to go in. And then next thing you know, it rolls right in the hole. <laughs> and oh, and, they're, and they're like they're looking and they're laughing and john goes seriously i just stopped recording and that went in so he's like well try it again so yeah for the love of me i tried two or three times after that yeah. and there's no way it was going to go in after that no, no. but it was just the one time he stopped recording and that happened oh, that's funny yeah it was great and we will be right back after this message from our sponsor
This episode of Future of the Fairway podcast is sponsored by Yada Golf. Yada Golf and Fling Golf are a perfect pair. Both value inclusion, encouragement, passion, and being your whole self. Yada Golf has the best line of men's and women's golf shirts you'll find out there. I love the feel and texture of my polos, as well as their eye-catching designs. I'm currently rotating through Vintage King, Light Wave, and Fresh Flavors. And my favorite is whichever one I'm wearing that day. They've got premium polos for those who want to stand out on the golf course, and premium polos for those who want to keep a lower profile. Yada Golf. Master the shirt game, conquer the short game. And now, back to the future of the Fairway Podcast. So, how did you come across Fling Golf to begin with? So, that's that's a cool little story. And, like, I was talking to Sean the other day about this because mm-hmm. he had mentioned his conversation with you. And, and, obviously, you know, Kenzo and Austin's story is a little bit longer and, and cooler than some of ours. But um, <laughs> mine's not bad. So, several years ago, my, my folks started going to Florida in the wintertime. Um, okay. They were staying in Florida in the wintertime and coming back to Maine in the summertime. And my dad had never played golf in his life. I mean, he never did. My brother Chris has been playing golf for like 30 years off and Mm -hmm. on. He did it quite a bit in high school. And I tried once or twice in high school, but, you know, it just wasn't my thing and whatever. I didn't care. Mm -hmm. Um, But my dad picked it up when he was in Florida. And he was was starting to like it. You know, he Mm -hmm. he really did. He came back and um, would play a little bit here, but he was still working. And then when he finally retired permanently um he was playing down there and then he came back up here in like june of 2020 and uh he had brought a spare set of clubs that he picked up in florida because they're like a dime a dozen down there yeah and he's like oh i got you these some some clubs to use and i'm like all right i'll give it a shot you know because at a minimum you know it's out time with my father and time with my brother and just you know get to do things together in the summertime while he's here because it's short time frame that he's here Mm So we went out and played a couple times, and yeah, I sucked at it. Um, but it still, it was it was out there fun. Um, but see, like me, I'm I like to learn how to make myself better. So mm-hmm. I started YouTubing stuff, watching all these videos on how to make your better swing and how to hit your irons okay. and how to do yeah. your tee shots and all these videos and and I think somewhere in that process of me YouTubing stuff, it created that algorithm on every other social media platform where it throws golf stuff all over the place. So. Right. So anyways, we played a few more times that summer, and I, I realized that I didn't like it. I mean, I enjoyed being out there with him, but I, I remember the last time I played golf with him, I'm like, you know, I, re- I really don't like this. This kind of sucks. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I get that. It's not for everybody. Well, just by chance, I stumbled onto the Fling Golf ad on Facebook. I just remember scrolling through Facebook and seeing that lit video that they did. Um, with the guy throwing his clubs out of the cart and oh, what's right. this? And so I right. watched I watched that two minute video and I'm like, huh, that's kind of neat. And you know, it's a it's a lacrosse hybrid thing and I never played lacrosse, but I'm like, you know, I I think I could do this. Yeah. Um. So, so the next thing you know, I'm watching YouTube videos on fling golf and I, I watched everyone <laughs> I could find through them and then I didn't. I mean, I there was fling golf videos for Europe and it was like all over the place and I'm like, yeah. wow, this is kind of cool. So then I jumped on the internet, and I was like, well, I'll go to their website see what it looks like. So on their website, I, I noticed, okay, well, there's three courses in Maine that already have fling golf liberated. So I'm like, huh, no kidding. So I reached out to one of the courses, which was about 45 minutes away, and I asked them. I said, I, I see you guys have fling golf. You know, what, how, do, how do I do that? What do I have to pay? And he's like, well, he's like, honestly, you just pay the greens fee, and we'll let you use one of the sticks. I'm like, oh, oh. 
all right, that's kind of cool. So I'm like, well, maybe I'll come do that next weekend. And he's like, all right, just call for your tea time. And I'm like, all right, whatever. Um, so I got back on the website and I just kept scrolling. And I think at that time frame, the launch was 109 or 119. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? For a little over 100 bucks, I'm just going to buy a stick. You know, because even if I don't like it, it'll just sit right. in my garage with the other $100 things that I've bought in the past <laughs> that I don't use anymore. Yeah. So whatever. So I just bought a stick rather than trying to go over there and use one of theirs. I'm like, I'll just mm-hmm. buy a stick. That way I could try to practice at the range before I go play a course and look like a fool. Right, um, right. And with me being in Maine and those guys being in Mass, I mean, I think I got the stick in like two days, you know. <laughs> um, so I grabbed the stick. I headed down to the, the range, which the range, the closest range to me is still like 45 minutes away in the opposite direction. Um, okay. So I, I, yeah, where I'm at, there's, there's a couple of golf courses, but they don't have ranges. So, um, All right. I had to head over there and about, about the, uh, third or fourth bucket of balls. I was getting pretty good. Obviously the first couple throws, like anybody, you peg it right in the ground and you're like, Whoa, right. I didn't, didn't expect that. And then, uh, you know, third or fourth bucket of balls, I got to where I was throwing it pretty good. So I'm like, all right, I'll do this. So. I started playing at the end of that. This is the end of 2020. I think I played maybe three or four times with my dad okay. and my brother. Um, not very much. Um, so I just I gave it a try. It was all right. Um, so during the winter months leading up to 2021, I you know watched more videos. I learned about what the sidecar was supposed to. I mean, I couldn't practice any of this stuff because we have snow. Yeah, but I was yeah. still wood watching it. And then by then, you know, some of the... Uh, the Facebook stuff was popping up and Kenzo was doing stuff and you know those videos I'm like wow these guys are these guys are good yeah so I was just watching them getting excited so I'm like you know what I, I'm gonna move up I need to get a better stick so I think it was March of 21 I I bought the medium stinger and uh, they actually had an Air Force edition one at that time which I was in the Air Force okay. so I, I bought the Air Force stinger and started using that well when I started playing in 21, my intention was just to play with my dad and my brother. So I didn't think of fling golf as like, you know, this is what I'm going to do, like any tournaments or anything. So right, right. I just used my stick on the fairways and sidecar until I got to the greens. And then I was still using my putter on the greens. Okay. You know, so at this time frame, regular golfers would see me flinging it at the courses and then I'd be putting with my putter and, you know, not much was set or whatever. And, and I did mm-hmm. that all of 2021. Like... I I never used my stick to putt with because I just didn't, it wasn't on my mind to do it. I was just out there having fun with them, hanging out with them. Mm -hmm. And it was so much easier to fling it down the fairways and toward the green than it was hit it. And then I would just putt when I got there. Yeah. yeah. Um, So then a few months after I had started playing with the, with the uh, stinger, I'm like, well, you know what? Kenzo's got this big ballistic. I'm going to, you know, longer stick means I can throw it further. Right. So Mm -hmm. I bought Mm -hmm. the two XL ballistic thinking that that's going to increase my distance, which it did give me a little bit more distance, but my follow-through is a little bit different than some of theirs, and my follow-through comes more toward down the ground, so I was hitting the ground on my follow-through. Okay. So then I started losing confidence in my throw, because I knew if I threw it as hard mm-hmm. as I could, I'm going to smash the ground with the stick. And I'm like, yeah, I can't do that. So I only used that ballistic maybe two or three times total, and oh, then I, I put it back up on the wall, and I'm like, yeah, it's just too long for me. I can't do it. So I went back to the Stinger, and I played the whole season with just that, putting and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, fast forward through the winter again, because I can't play in the wintertime, because it's just how it is. Um, yeah, by the way, what what are your 
months of, of being able to play like when does it when do things thaw out for you to have a chance to get out there so case in point this this weekend i saw i follow a bunch of courses on facebook around here and most of them this is the last weekend that they're going to be open okay. because because of the warm weather usually it's the middle to end of october they close right. um, but it's been warm the, these last few days and we haven't had frost for the past few days and it's supposed to be in the 70s this weekend up here so it's going to be a great weekend for golf but usually i would say by november 1st they're mostly closed down in my general area mm -hmm. i could probably travel an hour and a half south to the lower part of maine and maybe play closer to thanksgiving you know okay. but but then i'm traveling and stuff and then yeah. normally by beginning of april to the middle of april they start to thaw out depending on location and how much snow we have mm -hmm. um some years they could be open the middle of april because the snow's all melted sometimes you know we're still getting snow in the middle of april and it's not going to open till may hey, you yeah, know okay. so it just depends on depends on the snow um so fast forward to spring of 22 this year mm -hmm. and uh the delaware open was announced and i'm like okay that's that's not too far and at yeah. this point you know facebook had a lot of conversation i think our player group was going by then and it was a lot of talk about it and, and I had been commenting and posting and stuff mm -hmm. with these other people like Austin and Ken and Big Cat and, and these people that I have not met yet right. but you kind of feel like you're getting a connection just through Facebook so I'm like you mm -hmm. know what I'm I'm gonna go to Delaware I'm just gonna go give it a try you know at a minimum I just wanted to meet all those people I've been chatting with you know mm -hmm. and then you know my second thought was when looking at it, I was like oh crap only one stick for every shot and I've spent the last, you know, year plus using my putter. Yeah, so I'm like, yeah. well, I guess I better start practicing my putting. But by this time, it's April. You know, the tournament's in May. Mm -hmm. I, th I think I maybe played seven or eight times before the tournament because of just the courses being open. Yeah. So that's really not enough time to, to work on your putting with a fling stick to go to a tournament. So I'm mm -hmm. like, you know, I, I didn't expect, you know, too much when I went to Delaware, especially, you know, my putting had just started and, guys like ken and austin were you know they were having killer scores up on their facebook of you know where they're right, playing right. and i'm like okay but whatever i still wanted to go and just have a good time um so i, I didn't get there till friday that that weekend i didn't have any chance i had mm -hmm. one round friday afternoon to play 18 holes with my brother because he drove down with me he just wanted to drive down to support me okay um, cool but he brought his clubs and stuff too so friday afternoon uh, we had a tea time at like 2.30 or something, and we just, just him and I started playing. I mean, I could see, at one point, I think I saw Kenzo and whoever else he was playing with. There was like a group of four or six of them playing, but mm -hmm. I had never met them, you know, so I didn't want to go introduce yeah. myself. I just saw them from afar, and uh, my brother and I started playing, and uh, I'd say we were about whole 15, 16, you know, doing the back nine, and mm -hmm. uh, long story short, my parents came back from Florida early to surprise me and come oh, to Delaware wow. for the tournament and I had no I had no idea. Well, my brother Chris's phone had died in the process of us driving twelve hours to Delaware. <laughs> so when my mother tried to get a hold of him, she couldn't. So she she finally calls me and we're on hole fifteen or sixteen and she's like, What do you you know, where are you at? And I said, well, we're on 15, 16, we're playing, you know, around in Delaware or whatever. And I'm like, why? And she's like, well, <laughs> your father and I are at the clubhouse. I, I oh, said, what? Wow. What? She's like, yeah, we're at the clubhouse. You know, we came to surprise you, but your brother's phone died. I'm like, oh, no kidding. 
So needless <laughs> to say, we didn't we didn't play the last two or three holes. We just got in the cart and headed to the clubhouse. Um, so that was oh a, how cool. That was a great great surprise that they came up early from Florida just to be there to to support uh, me. Super so. sweet. So that was good. And then the next day, I mean, and you know, it was it was hot. I mean, yeah, it was yeah. 90 degrees and 120% humidity, and, you know, being from <laughs> Maine, that's not something that we normally experience, and I mean, right. I even had people like, you okay, you don't look, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing all right, <laughs> but man, it's hot, um, so that was, that took me by surprise, I was not expecting it to be that hot, um, I did okay, there was three or four putts that I, I completely missed that I should have made, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. there was several, I mean, I think I only ended up with three or four Reggie's the whole time, you know, kind of thing. I, I mean, I, but I was, at that point, even though I'd been playing for a little over a year, putting-wise, I hadn't been, and I mean, I was still mm-hmm. kind of a rookie. You know, you get people like Big Cat and Sean that have been playing for six or eight years, um, something like that, but I, I feel like I did all right. And then I played with Neil, Tin Man, Little. Okay. So I played with him, and then his son, um, Swaggy P. Swaggy P. And then we also had, uh, who was the other, his, his son's buddy there, that, Drew. Drew played with us. Okay. okay. So so we all played together. So it was kind of fun. Um, and believe it or not, Neil and I tied with the same score. And oh, uh, wow. we, en- we ended up with the same score as SVL as well. Um, I think it was somewhere right around 13th place. We all tied, same mm-hmm. score or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I, and I was okay with that. You know, out of 30 or 40 some odd people to be, yeah. you know, top 15-ish was, was not bad. So I was happy with it. And like I said, so Saturday night was when I got an opportunity. You know, my folks went back to the campground they were staying at, and my brother wasn't feeling great, so he went back to the Airbnb. So I stayed at the golf course. Mm-hmm. And that's when I got a chance to meet Austin and meet Kenzo. And Alex was there, which I already knew, so I hung out with him a little bit. You know, and then I met Britt and... So it's kind of cool meeting those people and, and interacting with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, Sunday was good as well. And yeah, you were you were right outside of the top five, weren't you? <laughs> so so the the story with that, and it's not that I'm bitter or anything. And, you know, and Brand, Brandon did well. You know, Brandon, uh-huh. he had, I think he had 201 on his in his first qualifying round, and I had 199, right. so I was two yards from the top five. And mm-hmm. then, you know, Brandon comes back in the in the finals and doesn't get anything like at above 180. So I'm like, you know, you know, he he did good <laughs> to beat me in the preliminaries, but I, I felt I could have done better in the finals. But that was still yeah, great, yeah. you know, and and I love the fact that there was a few of us that ended up on some of the ESPN clips. And I have a pretty good one of of me during the longest fling that I love. So that was I'm grateful for that, yeah, yeah. you know, and that and that was good. Yeah, that was uh, that was such a fun fun time and uh fun experience and then getting yeah it was it was a great weekend and then there's all the build-up of like oh what's the what's the spn episode gonna look like Like, what are they gonna put in there what's gonna be uh you know what's gonna be the order what it was uh, a lot of anticipation a lot of fun yeah and i I think it came out it came out well you know the way that they the way they did it with the finals and the longest fling mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you know it was they it, they did a good job putting it together i mean i've probably watched it half a dozen times or more you know just because you know you wake up on a sunday morning and you grab a coffee and you're like what am i gonna watch this morning and sometimes like you know what i'm just gonna watch the fling golf thing watch again. It again yep yep, yep. <coughs> so uh so yeah you uh you have a good finish uh good showing gets to meet a lot of people in person um and uh what were you, what were your next thoughts like um 
because I don't think we announced the Virginia Open until August. So, right. So, like I said, in July is when I went down to Mass. You know, I met mm-hmm. those guys. That gave me a... That gave me more of a, a love for everything that they were doing. I mean, I had long conversations with Alex about how the, he created the whole thing. Um, I'd say one of the coolest parts of their headquarters building is the section where they have all the heads hanging on this little turntable thing mm-hmm. of all the mm-hmm. different prototypes they made through all those years. And you oh, can wow. see the evolution of what they started with and the angles that they had. And they played around with putting metal on the side for putting and... I mean, they, they even had a prototype, prototype of a ex- extendable stick that they tried. and Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. yeah, it's just, it, that was great. And we will be right back after this message from our sponsor. The Future of the Fairway podcast is sponsored by Mission Belt. Mission Belt is a belt company that donates a dollar from each belt sold to fight hunger and poverty through micro-lending. The belts are designed to fit perfectly without any holes so that you can tighten them to your exact liking. And let me tell you, they're incredible. I bought my first Mission Belt several months ago and it's been the best belt I've ever owned. It adjusts every quarter of an inch, giving me the perfect fit every time. You've got to get you one of these. Like Fling Golf, Mission Belt was featured on Shark Tank and I love that connection. And I love the fit, the look, and the ease of using the belt. Mission Belt fits perfectly, fights poverty. And now back to the future of the Fairway podcast. So when I came back to Maine after that, I was like, you know, I really do like this. I'm going to I'm going to keep going with it. I'm going to I'm going to stay putting with just my stick from now on. I still get to play with my brother and my dad, you know, and and I was having mm-hmm. fun. And then you guys announced the Virginia one. And my first thought was, you know what? That's that's not super far. I could do that. And and I'm like, you know, I may not be in the top 10 right now or the top five but still if if i can go to these opens and at least hang out with these people that i met and have a good time then mm-hmm. then that's i mean that's what is what's life about you know you have fun you meet great people you know yeah yeah so when you guys announce that i'm like you know what i'm gonna get serious i'm gonna start playing i'm gonna start practicing i'm gonna start doing as much as i can um in the summertime i have fridays off because of my job schedule so Every Friday, I'd go play with my dad and a couple of his buddies, and then I'd try to play either on Saturday or Sunday, and mm-hmm. then maybe on Monday or Tuesday if I could fit it in with my work schedule. Um, so I was playing, I think, I was talking to Sean about it when we were in Virginia. I think I played more rounds of golf from when you announced the Virginia Open to when I got to Virginia than all I had played in all of 21. You oh, know, wow. so I was just playing as much as I possibly could, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and I had some great rounds. You know, I had... Uh, I had an incredible round where I had 15 out of 18 Reggies at my course in, in Wilton, oh, which that day I was just on fire. I ended up uh-huh. with a, I ended up with the 59 on a 70 course or something oh. like that with the Reggies, you know. Yeah. Um, it was just incredible. You know, and after that day, I had a couple other days where I think I had like a 66, 67 on a mm-hmm. 70 mm-hmm. bar with, with Reggies, of course. And I'm right. like, you know, I'm, I'm I'm feeling pretty good, you know, and and obviously you got like Austin had been getting in a lot better, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, Kenzo's just top of the line elite, anyways, out, right. you know. So you see these guys, and I'm like, you know, and and when I had that 59, I'm like, you know what, I'm getting there. I may not be there yet, but I'm I'm getting there, and mm-hmm. you know, so my uh, 
my unrealistic goal was to be in the top five, you know, because I had a couple top five finishes when I was practicing and, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and and uh, I know you interviewed Austin, you know, a while back, but if you were to interview him now, you'd tell him that him and I, you know, we bust on each other all the time, whether it's online yeah. or privately through <laughs> Messenger, we just, we bust on each other. So, you know, I would, I would bust on him about, you know what, I'm coming, I'm going to be in the top five and. And, you know, he, and he pushed me. He's like, you know what? You're playing great rounds. I saw your 59, you know, keep it up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so unrealistically, I want to be in the top five. But realistically, I wanted to be in the top ten. And, you know, mm-hmm. and Austin had said, you know what? Based on what I'm seeing, I think you could be in the top ten. Um, and then uh, I showed up to Virginia, and I was ready to go, you know. And I played those rounds with those guys, you know, Kenzo, Austin, Big mm-hmm. Cat, mm-hmm. and all those guys on Friday. And, and, you know, I remember Austin saying, he's like, you know, he asked me again. He's like, what's your what's your goal for the weekend? And I said, mm-hmm. well, yeah, you know, unrealistically, top five, but I think I can make the top ten. And he's like, yep. He's like, I think that you can make the top ten as well. So that made mm-hmm. me feel a little bit better coming from him, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and I think, like I said, I think my favorite part of the whole Virginia Open was that Friday. And I think Sean mentioned it last week when you talked to him, the same thing. You know, as as great as the Open is on Saturday and the doubles thing was on Sunday, if people come in on, like, Thursday night and then they get to play those rounds on Friday with the people that they meet and have fun with, and it's it's not the competition then, it's just having fun, mm-hmm. that just, it just brings the whole community together, the camaraderie, it's just incredible. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. It, um, I got to play on Thursday morning with uh, some of those guys, and uh, I got to play with Neil. Uh, I hadn't uh, met Neil in person um, at the Delaware tournament, uh, but uh, yeah, it was great to get to hang out with him and uh, and Sean and uh, Austin and Ken uh, were there uh, as well. So we yeah had a good time. But yeah, you're right. It's, it's times like that. It's um, the uh, the evenings after um, uh, when you're hanging out with folks. Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, that's just yeah it's really really cool um i think you know that realization of um an online community uh and face-to-face uh and you know it's like oh yeah these people are fun online but they're also really great in person too well and i i think the best thing about it is it's like you know i've been a part of a lot of things in my life in different Mm -hmm. groups and you know military and, and work related and bowling and other sports that you play and i don't know just to me it feels like the fling golf community is just so so genuine you know mm, and mm-hmm. I, I i think the other thing that that goes back to is it goes back to you know john alex and steve you know because even yeah. though they they have this you know multi-million dollar brand and a new sport and a corporation whatever they're still just genuine down-to-earth guys that hang out with you afterwards down you know like Saturday night we went down to the uh, the brewery you know and, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and Alex and John are there having you know beers with us and hanging out and just chatting and you know something like that is that's that's cool because mm-hmm. you know how many times do you see like a CEO or owner of an organization that created something and then once it starts to flow a little bit they just sit up in the skybox or wherever and just yeah, watch it grow away. and mm-hmm. step away and they don't interact with the people you know, so for them to be there interacting with us and then for Alex to step up on Sunday and play beside me, beside, you know, 19 other teams mm-hmm. and, and just to be there and people see him going around playing and just doing, you know, the sport that he created and loves and not worrying about the rest of it is just, it's great. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I've, a little bit after I got there on Saturday morning, 
um, I was by the tent and I looked up and I was like, oh, that's Alex on the driving range. He's, I, like, oh, I guess he's just throwing some balls. I was like, that's kind of cool. I'm glad he's taking some time to do that. Um, <laughs> I was talking to to Sean and you, I think, and that's when I found out. I was like, oh yeah, Alex is going to play. I was like, oh, that's fantastic. That is, um, that's really cool. And um, remind me who y'all were paired up with. So we were with Brandon and Jack. That's right, Brandon and Jack. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then it was it was fun playing with them as well because they, you know, they kind of complement each other a little bit too with how they throw and they had a, mm-hmm. they had a little bit of a game plan. And so what had happened with Sean's incredible game plan that he had in his mind, which was awesome, was uh, I said, okay, Alex, well here's the deal. You know, Sean's already got this laid out, what I'm throwing and where I'm doing it. So you need to step in and do Sean's part. You mm-hmm. know, so we'd get to these holes and and I'd be like, okay, well this is where you know what Sean said we needed to do here. And he's like, okay. So he'd do his best to get us there, and then I'd do it. Yeah. And we had some good holes, and then we had some other holes where either I was shooting for the Reggie or he was shooting for the Reggie, and we're like, you know, that sucked. And then neither <laughs> one of us got the Reggie, and yeah. or we miss a putt and things like that. But it was mm-hmm. it was a lot of fun because, you know, he was just one of the guys. He was just hanging out with mm-hmm. us, trying mm-hmm. to trying to do his best, and just and he didn't worry about anything else that round except for playing with us, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. I'm, Glad he got to do that too, because that's um, I'm sure it was really special for him as well. And you know, uh, Sean was uh, incredibly gracious, and I think that that was uh, it was nice for him to get to be the rules guy and run around the cart, uh, take videos and pictures, and check in with people too. Um, but I know that he would have he would have loved to be out there playing because uh, he's a competitor. Uh, I think he's incredibly kind, but he's got a, a fierce competitive side to him too. I think. I would think out of out of all the people in our in our fling golf group that's not necessarily the three fling golf guys that created it, Sean is probably the one that loves it the most. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's volunteered so much of his personal time to go to the yeah. PGA shows to do stuff for the fling golf guys because he loves it so much and he mm-hmm. he knows it. You know, and he he thinks about it all the time. He's always trying to come up like he came up with his hail mary shot, you know, mm-hmm. and he's just he's a smart smart guy. Yeah, how um how did y'all get connected to um to decide to team up together? So that story, which I think Sean kind of mentioned it last week, and and I'll kind of I'll I'll give you the lowdown of how it really happened. So <laughs> I reach out to uh, I reach out to Kenzo when as soon as you guys announced everything, and mm-hmm. you know, and like I said, I met Kenzo a little bit in Delaware. We had a beer together Saturday night or whatever, and you know, I met Austin. I met them all, mm-hmm. you know. So in my mind is like you know they're having a doubles thing. I, I need to snag one of these good guys. So maybe I can win, you know? Um, so I reached out to Kenzo on messenger and I'm like, Hey, you know, I just see that they're having a doubles thing in Delaware. Are you going, you know, I'm planning on mm-hmm. going, you know, have you found a teammate yet or whatever? And so a little while later he replies back, well, yeah, I'm, I'm headed to Virginia. He's like, but I, I think I already got something in the works, you know, I'll let you know if it works out or not. And, and you know, whatever. And I'm like, all right, now all right, whatever. So in the meantime, I'm like, you know, maybe I'll reach out to Austin and see if he's got a partner mm-hmm, yet. Mm-hmm. So I reach out to Austin, same thing. Hey, you know what's going on? Blah blah blah. And he's <laughs> like, well, he's like, yeah, I think I have a partner. We haven't announced it yet, you know. But you know, if it falls through, I'll let you know and whatever. Mm-hmm. And and then the next day, they post that shit where they're <laughs> partners. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So then I I reach out to Austin because at this point we were busting each other's chops a little bit here and there anyway. Uh-huh. So I reach out to Austin. I'm like, yeah, I see what's going on here. You and Kenzo are trying to stack the deck, mm-hmm. and uh, he's and so Austin replies, you know, 
whatever, making jokes. And he's like, you know what? He's like, why don't you reach out to Sean? And I'm like, really? He's like, yeah. He's like, you and Sean had the same score in Delaware. Mm -hmm. He's Mm -hmm. like, I think you guys would actually pair off pretty good because, you know, you got the strength and the power, and he's got the short game and the precision. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, huh, well, maybe I will. So, and I had only spoken to Sean maybe a a minute or two in Delaware because everything going on and busy and stuff. And I, I mean, Mm -hmm. we had introduced each other and and said hello, but never really sat down and talked. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I reached out to him and, and asked him if he wanted to. And, and he's like, yeah, sure. I don't have a partner yet. That sounds like a good idea. Well, little did I know that that was going to open up the whole can of Sean figuring out in his mind how we were going to win, you know? So (laughs) leading up from that conversation to, uh, Virginia, we would, we would message every couple weeks and, Mm-hmm. He'd be like, okay, I got an idea what this doing, and then he'd send me a video. He, This is like the uh, the shot I'm trying to create from the fairway bunker, and he's showing me videos of him in his backyard trying to throw the ball. And, I mean, it was great. We were, we were hitting That's it so off, cool. you know. And then, like I said, he got there early and had the whole thing mapped out when I showed up on Friday. And, um, and I honestly think, I mean, and like Sean said, even if he didn't have his incredible bunker shot and we had missed a Reggie here or there, mm-hmm. I mean, we were three under – on Friday, and even if we had ended up, you know, even on Sunday, I think that's what Big Cat and Zach were. They were just 65. Mm-hmm. I think they were just mm-hmm. even. So we, we still would have been in the running on Sunday, I believe, yep. you know. Yep. And don't get me wrong, I have I have no qualms about finishing second with Alex. Um, I just, yeah. I, know the, I know the game plan that Sean had, we, we could have been right there, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, I think, uh, did y'all finish with a 68 or 69? Uh, 60, 68, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, Zach and uh, Big Cat had a sixty-five. Sixty-five, um, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I mean, right there, um, uh, you, um, but yeah, you all, uh, you nudged out um, Austin and Ken. Yep, um, by one stroke. Yep, yep, by so, one stroke. Yep. So that was nice that, in itself, you know. So right, right. Um. So did you did you end up going to the the brewery on Saturday night? Yeah, I came by, um, let's see, I got there um, a bit after everybody had been there for a bit, uh, and I stayed for maybe about 30, 40 minutes. So did you did you hear the stories about the French fries? Did you hear that story? I did not. No, I saw somebody, I saw a couple of people eating French fries, and they looked really good. So, um, so there's a funny story behind that, um, and I'm not, well, I am, I guess I am going to toot my own horn a little bit here, so, but see, for, for me coming from Maine, like, we do things up here for other people just because we do. You know, yeah. sometimes you yeah. may you may live in a city like, you know, say you live in San Diego or say you live in, you know, Florida where people don't really do anything for anybody else because mm-hmm. that's just mm-hmm. how it is. Well, obviously up here in Maine, it's a little different, you know. So so I roll up to the brewery Saturday night, and uh, every there's probably 10 or 15 people already there. They're drinking. A couple of them had food, and... Uh, I walk up to Alex and say hello, and he's like, yeah, we got a tab inside. Just go inside and, and grab a drink, mm-hmm. tell him fling golf. So I went in and grabbed a drink and came back out, and the, nice, the food truck was right there. Nice little poutine french fry food truck, and I'm like, you mm-hmm. know what? That looks good. So I stood in line for like three or four minutes looking at all the different things, and they had chicken and barbecue sauce and buffalo and all this other stuff, and I'm like, wow, all right, this is looking good. So two people in front of me, this guy ordered something, and I heard her say something to him, but I didn't really catch it. So then he walks mm-hmm. away. Well, then these two little kids, probably in their early teens in front of me, ordered some stuff too. And I heard her say, well, 
By the time we get to you guys, there may not be any french fries left, so we can do it on chips or something like that. And mm. I don't know what the kids said, but anyways, they ordered their food and they left. So I walk up to the woman taking the orders, which she's probably in her 30s, and her mom's cooking the food in the mm -hmm. back in probably her 60s, 50s, 60s, whatever. Just the two of them, mother and daughter. And uh, so I walk up and I said, did I hear that I can't get french fries? And she's like, yeah. She's like, we didn't expect it to be this busy tonight. And we, you know, we had a lot of fries in the freezer ready for tonight, but we don't usually sell this much in one night. And I said, so you probably didn't expect, you know, 15 to 20 fling golf people to show up. And she's right. like, no, we really didn't expect that. And she's like, so by the time I get to your order, there's probably not going to be any fries left. But she's like, but I can put it on, you know, tortilla chips or vegetables or something. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't want that. I said, <laughs> I said, so where's the, uh, where's the closest place you can get potatoes? And she's like, well, there's a, a food line right up the road, you know, like two or three minutes. And I'm like, oh, that's right. I saw that coming into here. And I said, uh, well, why can't you just run up to the store and get more potatoes? And she's like, well, I can't leave my mother here to, to cook all this food by herself and deal with all these people. And I said, well, uh, what if I go get the potatoes for you? And she's like, what? I said, I'll go get them. So her mom spins around from the fryer later and comes up to the window and goes, did you say you'll go get us potatoes? And I said, <laughs> yes, ma'am, I'll go get you some if you need them. And she's like, give them the, give them the credit card. So th <laughs> they gave me their credit card, and I went over and I jumped in my rental car, and I headed up to Food Line, and I get up to the Food Line and ask them for a 50-pound box of potatoes, and the woman at the front looked at me like I had three heads. <laughs> and I'm like, that's what they told me to get. So they send this produce girl from the back up to the front, and she maybe weighs 100 pounds. And I'm like, I need a 50-pound box of potatoes. Do you have any? She's like, yeah, I think we got some in the back. And I was like, oh, so will you bring it out here? And she's like, well, I ain't bringing it out here. I'm like, all right, well, if you, if you walk me to the back, then I'll come get them. So she walks me to the back of the store, and there's one box left sitting in the back on a pallet. And she picks it up and puts it on this cart thing, which she had a hard time just getting it on the cart. So she brings yeah. it over to me, and I'm like, well, I'll just carry it from here. So I carry it to the front of the store, and I go to ring it up, and the woman at the cash register has no idea how to ring it up because there's no tag on a 50-pound <laughs> box of potatoes. Right. So long story short, the, the woman in the front of the store finally figures out how to ring it up, and I bring it back, and I pull up beside the food trailer, and I mm -hmm. jump out of my car, and I bring the potatoes in, and I set them on the floor, and... Her mother's ecstatic that I got them for them, and they're, you know, she's like, you know, don't worry about your dinner. It's on us. We got you covered, oh. you know. So I go, takes me like three or four minutes to park the car because there's a lot of people there. Yeah. So I park my car, and I and I walk back out, and as I'm walking up onto the patio where everybody else is, the daughter's walking across the patio with my food in her hand that she they just made from the, from the potatoes. Uh -huh. And what I didn't realize was every time that food was getting ready for people that people were cheering like not not because of, it was just because everybody was drinking and like oh your yeah, food's done your, your your buzzer went off so they were, so when she's bringing me my fries people are like oh you know mike's got his fries or whatever so i'm like oh thank you so i go over and i'm standing to the side over by by john and Britt, and uh i'm starting to eat my stuff and uh rosie which is jake's girlfriend uh -huh. um or wife i'm not sure um she spins around and and she says something about the fries and and uh, Brit Brit goes I can't believe you went and got those and Rosie goes you're the guy that went to get the fries and I said yeah <laughs> she's like well the woman said that some guy had went to get potatoes for him but we didn't know who the guy was and she goes I can't believe you're the guy 
And I'm like, well, what's the big deal? You know, I, I said I really wanted some French fries, so I just figured I'd go get some potatoes. But So that was so... John walks up to me and he goes, you know what? <laughs> and, and Austin will get a kick out of this. John goes, you know, Austin may have won today and stuff. But he goes, but you're the real champ of the night because <laughs> I went and got the <laughs> potatoes. So that was kind of fun. And then after that, I mean, they must have had 10 or 15 or 20 orders after I got their potatoes that were still more French fry things. So you know that yeah, they had a yeah. great night after that. So Yeah, I got there and was chatting with um, Austin and Ken. Um, standing up on the ledge or against the wall. Oh yeah, back there. Yeah, the atmosphere where there was nice inside. It had a good atmosphere. That patio, like you said, was a perfect, perfect spot mm-hmm. for people to hang out, have a good time, and not worry about being too loud. And I mean, right. having that right. food trailer right there is perfect for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a good time. Well, I'll have to look them up because I had um, my parents were in town, so we had um, had dinner with them, and, um, and then I came out for a little bit, but. Uh, and I had my eyes on those fries, uh, so I have to look them up because I am, um, I, I'm not a fry connoisseur, but um, I'm not going to pass up French fries. Um, and I will definitely, I, I've got my own list of who's got the best fries around town, um, <laughs> so I would like to add them into the mix. Well, and usually I'm not, I'm not usually one that gets like the the fries covered in anything kind of thing. Right, right. But you know, I stood there for two or three minutes looking at all the different options they had, and I'm like, wow, these are. These are some good options and some good varieties. And by that point, I'm like, man, I want some fries. You know, <laughs> right, so right. when she's like, uh, where there's probably not going to be any fries, I'm like, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. There's, <laughs> there's going to be fries one way or the other. So. And we will be right back after this message from our sponsor. And now back to the future of the Fairway podcast. You mentioned you, uh, you've got two older brothers. Yep, so my my older my middle brother Chris, I'm the youngest, and my middle brother Chris, he's like I said, he's been playing golf for 30 some odd years. He played uh-huh. quite a bit in high school. He actually worked at some golf courses growing up, you oh, know, cool. so so he loves golf. Um and it's it's kind of comical because when I when I start started playing golf, I sucked, right? And then mm-hmm. I started playing fling golf and I was doing okay, but I still wasn't doing very well. Um and then once I started getting better, um, 2021, when we were, when I was flinging and, and putting with a putter, mm-hmm. like our, my throws and his drives were like within a couple of yards of each other, you know, oh, like sometimes awesome. he'd outdrive me by a couple of yards and I'd out throw him by a couple, but we were mm-hmm. pretty much spot on. And then obviously our short game was similar. Um, but then as I started getting a little bit better, um, with fling golf, you know, like this, some in, and unfortunately this summer was the opposite for him. Like. My father and I played every Friday, and then I played, tried to play two or three times mm-hmm. a week total. And I think Chris only played with us maybe not even a dozen times. He only, only played six to ten times with us this summer okay. because of his work schedule. Yeah. Um, so he didn't get to play as much. So obviously when you don't play as much, you're not as good. So, mm-hmm. you know, this summer I was I was spanking him pretty good on some courses. So, <laughs> um, which, is, which is still fun because, I mean, he, he still loves the fact of, of how – you know, good I've been getting at it. You know, that's why he yeah, went yeah. to Delaware with me to encourage me. And whenever I do stuff, he encourages it. So that's good. Um, and then I have a, a, we have an older brother that's that's older than Chris that he's never really been a, a sports kind of person. He's he's okay. a truck he's a truck driver and um, you know that kind of stuff. So uh, growing up, Chris and I were always doing the sports: basketball, mm-hmm. baseball. You know, playing wiffle ball in the backyard and, yeah, and things yeah. like that. Uh, how would you uh, describe your swing? And I'm curious too um, uh, on your uh, on your release because uh, I wasn't 
you posted a video yesterday or today um, of a par three Reggie that you hit. And I know that when you were talking about uh, sticks being too long, I noticed that uh, you, on your release, you got it comes out with one handed almost, right? And yeah, it, it pretty much. Knows it's ground. Yeah, it. So that's my release, and I, to be honest with you, up until the Virginia, I never really paid attention to my swing and my release, um, mm -hmm. because I didn't. I don't. I had just bought myself a tripod like a few months ago after seeing all the mm -hmm. Ken's videos, mm -hmm. and I'm like, you know. I got to up my social stuff like Ken and do some videos. And I think I did one maybe, but, um, Sean did all those videos when we were playing on Friday. And then mm -hmm. actually that one I posted today was a video he did on Sunday when he was, we just happened to be at a hole that Sean was at and he videotaped it and he sent it to me yesterday. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so I never really, I, I knew my swing had came close to the ground. Cause like I said, the ballistic would slam the ground. Right. And then, um, there was one of the par threes we were playing in the doubles thing where I was actually standing so close to the white triangle T marker that when mm -hmm. I followed through I actually hit the T marker with my stick. So that oh, shows you how wow. close to the how close to the ground I kind of get. Yeah. Um and I had never really paid attention to it until I watched those videos, but yeah, if you if you kind of see I I I come like a it's not straight overhead, it's more like a diagonal. It's not sidearm, but it's like diagonal. Mm -hmm. But my follow through follows that diagonal path so it comes right below my left side yeah. and right right by the ground. And that's why that double XL was slamming the ground because I, I'm not tall enough for that. Mm -hmm. And uh, mm -hmm. so, actually, on Friday when we were playing with our group of people, um, Mountaineer Zach had a he has a 49 inch, um, ballistic which I think is an XL, um, right. as one of his spare sticks. So I tried that on one of the holes. That's actually one of those par five holes. And uh, believe it or not, I didn't hit the ground with it, and my ball mm. went about 15 yards further than my regular ballistic oh, did. Oh, interesting. So I think that's my next step is to go from the 47 long ballistic to the 49 extra large or whatever ballistic. Okay, okay. Um, I just haven't pulled the trigger on it yet because obviously, you know, the ballistics are got a price tag on them. But, right, right. Um, so I think that's my next step. The hardest part for me is... Like with February being in San Diego, mm -hmm. is if I were to get a different stick right now, I don't, I can't really practice with it before I go to San right, Diego because right. I have no place to do it, you know. So I stick with my, you know, stick with my 47 right now, and then just mm -hmm. go to San Diego. I mean, um, my my goal right now is to uh, put some sort of putting green either in my garage or my basement in the next month or so, so I can at least work on my mm. putting prior to mm -hmm. San Diego because that's that's where really, really where I'm losing is you know I mm -hmm. you get that par you know par four Reggie you know second shot and you're 10 feet away and then you you know double or triple putt it then you just right, wa you wasted right. it you know mm -hmm. so I gotta mm -hmm. work on my putting so I was talking to my girlfriend Nikki yesterday about the downstairs in the basement I said you know if we if we move this around and get rid of this piece of equipment down here and I said you know that would <laughs> give us more room and she's like, what, more room for a putting green? <laughs> I said, well, now that you mention it, yeah, there might be room for a putting green down there. She's like, that's the first thing I thought of when you said if we move things around. I'm like, well, you know, the only way I'm going to get better is by putting a putting green in the basement or something. Yeah. So. Yeah. so that's my goal, hopefully. Well, I, I've, um, let's see, I've moved my kids' toys around in our basement, and uh, we've got, uh, we moved into this house about four and a half five years ago now and they had some really 
thick carpet downstairs. Um, and so it, it actually turns out to be really good to, to put on. So I would, I would do that um, uh, on some evenings and try to get down there for 30, 40 minutes and um, use their magnetiles as the, because um, they're, they're really thin and their squares or triangles <laughs> or whatnot. So that would be my, uh, my hole is to try to uh, land it within the square or right beside it. Um, and uh, like I mentioned with Sean, uh, he had uh, noticed uh, the way I was putting and said, hey, uh, why don't you try this? And uh, so I, after Delaware, um, uh, adjusted that. And, um, and and my kids go to school right next to Heritage Oak. So um, I would I didn't spend as much time as I could, but a good bit of time on their um, driving range of the putting green because uh, I was like, yeah, the putting green's where it's going to be, where you're going to be able to save the most strokes. Well, and that's what I did. I think the last two or three times prior to Virginia, when I went up to my my local course, which my local course here in Wilton is a great course, but man, I mean, when you talk about fast greens, these greens are are just mm. unreal. Like I could play in, in at Wilson Lake in in Wilton, and the greens were unreal fast. And then I go to Cobbesy, which is another small little course that I played at quite a bit last year, mm. and uh, that's where I'd done a couple, you know, television interviews with. WGME yeah, yeah. and stuff and and so that course I really liked it but their greens are are so slow like incredibly mm -hmm. slow mm -hmm. so if I play there and then come over to, to Wilson and I hit the ball <laughs> it goes like 300 miles an hour past the hole <laughs> or if I play here like you know I sometimes I'd play three or four or five times over here and yeah. then I'd go over to Cobbesy and, and I barely touch the ball and it wouldn't even move I'm like oh man <laughs> So that's that's one thing that's hard to to figure out is the speed of the greens. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So it's the last two or three times before Virginia, that's all I did. I went up to Wilson and I just I sidecarred from mm -hmm. you know distances mm -hmm. and I would actually walk out like a hundred yards and kind of plop it in from there and then try to putt in. So I didn't even do anything off the tee boxes for the last two or three times yeah. I played. I just yeah. working on my short game. But even then, Virginia, you know, there was probably. You know these five or six foot putts, which you would think that everybody should be making them, and you know you miss it. You come up short. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I rimmed a couple of them. Some of them I missed, you know, by an inch to one side or the other, and that's what mm -hmm. kills you. Is, is putting is really, you know, really where you have to dial it. And, and see, like with me, I, I tried putting like Austin, and I tried putting the regular way, and and mm -hmm. I puddle, I put kind of like it's like side saddle. Um, oh, okay. Okay. And like then, the, I guess there was a PGA guy that did it way back in the '70s or whatever. I can't. Everybody says his name, but I can't remember it. Um, but that's how I putt. And it. I tried switching. So so Cutter Michael, um, mm -hmm. he has a, a different kind of way of putting, and he actually got um, Mike Combs, who played with us in Virginia, which that's a funny story. We'll tell you in a second. Um, so, anyways, he puts the same way that Cutter does. So I'm like, well, that looks kind of cool because it looks like you guys are like closer down to the ball to the ground, and yeah, so when yeah. when I got You're back at it with both eyes, yeah. So when I got back here to Maine, I went up and played a, a round last week, and uh, a couple of holes I tried that, and I'm like, yeah, I can't do that. That's like that's horrible. <laughs> I, I did the same thing after because uh, I think I think one of the first sticks he had still had the notch, and so there wasn't. He's I don't know that he's ever been striking the ball or he has more recently but uh he was pushing it because uh, that's where the um the notch was i didn't have the striker pad um but i did the same thing i was like well, maybe i can get it you know 
look at the hole straight ahead instead of like from the side and that'll give me a little bit better but no I, I couldn't do it i was like i'm stick with what i've what i've been doing just adjust what i have not try to wholesale change right so like he's i look at mine from the front like he does but what he does is he kind of puts his left foot beside it and he has his right foot back and he kind of hits it from in front of his right leg right, um, right. where i put my right leg beside my ball and and have my stick beside my leg and i kind of just hit it from there and it's right. what i've been so doing since i both started your feet are pointing towards the hole yeah both my feet are pointing yeah. so i'm my whole body's facing the hole mm-hmm. so i'm looking straight ahead at it because i i can't i just can't do the side thing you know like like kenzo and austin and those guys do and regular people mm-hmm. do i've tried it and i just i don't know my the way my vision is i have to like i have to be looking at it and kind of see the peripheral kind of you know straight ahead thing and i yeah. don't know so and I'm pretty decent from, you know, if if I can look at my ball and I can see the hole, like, you know, up above your forehead, you know, that distance, I pretty much always make those. It's just mm-hmm. when you back up a foot or two and I can't see the hole, that's where it messes me up. And that's why I was like, you know, I need to, I need to get a putting green and try to figure out how to mm-hmm. get my putting mm-hmm. to be a little bit mm-hmm. better. And, and now that, you know, for me, snow will be coming anytime. Yeah, um, yeah, so if I can get some sort of putting green in the basement or in the garage, I can at least work on that and get ready for San Diego because I do plan on going there. So Awesome, awesome. Well, cool. So, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's talk. You, you played, uh, there were three Michaels in your group. Yeah, uh, yeah. they should have put Big Cat with us and then we could have <laughs> had four of us. But <laughs> So, and the cool thing, so, you know, Cutter's great. You know, he's mm-hmm. he's got a great personality and, you know, you and him put this thing on together and, um, so the first hole we get up there and it's me, Cutter, Hollywood, um, which that's, that, right. that's Joe on uh, Hollywood. He's great. And his dad, uh, oh, his caddy. Oh my. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was great. That was great. And his dad's awesome too. And, uh, so we get up there and, and Mike Combs is who was playing with us. Mm-hmm. And it was like his second time, I think playing or maybe third time. Okay. Um, if that, I mean, he had just started. So. He's like, you know, any advice you can give us or anything like that, greatly appreciate it. He was, he was good. Um, so he he throws off the first hole, and uh, we get down on the fairway, and he goes to pick up his ball, and Cutter's like, hey, don't forget, you got to, you know, mark it and all that, you know, the mm-hmm. rules and stuff. So so he did. And uh, so as we're moving through the holes, um, you know, I'm giving him some advice, and, and, and so was, mm-hmm. so was Cutter and... We're having a great time, and he's taking it all in. And and uh, Joe Hollywood's dad was he'd played a couple times, but he never played like in any in an open mm-hmm. or anything. So he was taking it all in, and he was loving it. And uh, I think it was by like the third or fourth hole, because um, I didn't know Mike's last name till then. And then Cutter had said something about um, Combs, so I'm walking with Hollywood and his dad, and I said, uh, "What's P Diddy's last name?" And they're like, Combs, right? P. Diddy Combs? And I said, yeah, I think that's right, right? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> I said, okay, well, that's his nickname now, right? And they're like, yep. So we started calling him that. And uh, it was funny because cause Mike took it, and and he went with it, and we started playing. And I think by, like, the, you know, second or third to the last hole, he had a, he had a great shot. I mean, he had some really good shots. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, he, he was picking it up very well because he plays regular golf. And uh, at one point, he made a good shot, and, and you could hear him in the distance, and he's like, P. Diddy! And it was, it was so funny. Um, he actually had, so 
he was getting like his hundred yard shot. He was putting it directly over his head, you know, instead of like off to the side one way or the other. Right, right. He was putting it directly over his head behind his back and just flinging it straight over the top of his head. And he was nailing those shots on the green from like, you know, anywhere from five to ten feet away. I was like, wow. I mean, he was he was having some great shots. I mean, his putting, obviously all of our putting was, was horrible. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But some of his short shots like that were just incredible. I mean, he was... By the end of the 18 holes we played, he had gotten remarkably better compared to that first hole. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, Cutter's got, uh, he's got that overhand, like, straight up, straight behind his head. Yep, he does uh, the same he thing. He can do it about 120, 130 yards, uh, and he gets loft uh, even at a shorter distance. Yep. Um, that's, uh, that's pretty impressive. That's the... That's the range where I'm. I'm feeling in between and need to get out on the uh, driving range to, to work that out to get more consistent with that. See, that's my same thing. I can get the hundred yard down. It's just I can't stop the ball. Like it, right, it hits right. a, it hits a like ninety or hundred yards, but then it rolls. I can't get it. Mm-hmm. And actually, mm-hmm. somebody I don't. Well, yeah, you, you, I, did you play with Zach at all on Thursday or no? Zach is. No, I, no, I didn't play with Zach. He, his his hundred to hundred twenty yard shot has gotten remarkable. Like when we played on Friday, like uh-huh. he, he had some shots from that distance that were just they were sticking the green. They were like stopping. It's oh, like how awesome. the hell can he get that ball to stop from that distance with? I mean, his shot looks similar to mine, but the mm-hmm. way he does it, I mean, it's the same thing when Austin does that high five that those guys do. I mean, right. from from that hundred to hundred twenty, it gets up there, but it just stops. And then I throw the same distance. I mean, I could be standing beside Zach and throw the same distance as his, and his stops <laughs> like five or six feet from the pin, and mine's like ten yards after the hole. I'm like, man, I, I mean, he's Zach, somebody that's that's really turned it up, you know. Yeah, he, think, he has. I'm, uh, we've been messaging back and forth, and so I've got him uh, on an upcoming episode. I haven't figured out the um, the order yet, but we'll get to hear from the Mountaineer. Um, I'm excited to talk to him too because uh, he, yeah, his. Um, He's he's a great player and he's a great personality and a lot of fun to be around. So uh, that oh, should yeah. be a fun conversation too. Yeah, and he's got a lot of he's got a lot of great input about stuff too. I mean, I mm-hmm. I think he finished like 17 or 18th in Delaware behind you know SVL and myself and Neil, mm-hmm. and uh, but then he turned it up. I mean, he came in he was six. Sixth. He came in six in Virginia, and then I think if you actually took away the Reggies and just did the the score without him, I think he beat Brooks by like one stroke based off that, you know. So yeah. he he could have been in the top five without Reggie's, or six mm-hmm. with Reggie's. So, I mean, that's to to go from there to there is incredible, you know. Yeah, it is. And, and like it I is. said, his shots on Friday were just they were fire. I mean, from mm-hmm. from that distance was was just great. So yeah, that's cool. I like I like the fact that we have several players that are you know, are getting better. I mean, I, I mm-hmm. think you're always going to have, you know, the LeBrons and the Michael Jordans and the Kenzos right, and the Austins right. and stuff, you know, and, and then Sam, you know, coming out of the woodwork oh, yeah. to, to, to come in second was, and, and it's, it's kind of funny because Sam sent me a Facebook friend request and then a Instagram thing a while ago, you know, back mm-hmm. in the summertime when all this stuff first started and I'm like, I don't even know who the hell this guy is, but you know, whatever, I'll, I'll accept it because he's got fling golf yeah. stuff on. And so then he starts posting stuff and I'm, I'm looking at his posts and his videos and I'm like, damn, he looks like he's pretty good. I, yeah. and, and I remember he wasn't in Delaware. So I'm like, I don't know who he is or, or how well he's going to do, but apparently he's going to come to Virginia. Um, so then Friday afternoon, he was out, 
I think either by himself or with somebody else and he came down and he and he introduced himself to me and I'm not sure who else was with me at the time because we were mm-hmm. all playing on the hole and I said okay that's who that is um, so then he walked away went and did his own thing and then Saturday when we were getting warmed up for the open we were, I went up to the driving range to throw some balls with Big Cat and Sam was up there and, and I got beside him on the thing and, and I'm like hey what's going on and he's like hey so we started chatting a little bit there and uh, he was whipping them off the tee box pretty good or off the driving range and I'm like mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. he's got a pretty good pretty good throw so then for him to uh to come in second I mean it was it was good I mean he's another one that you know and and I was actually chatting with Austin about this after we got done with Virginia um we chat every couple days or whatever mm-hmm. and uh mm-hmm. and we were talking about Virginia how great it was you know how we how he did how well how great he did and and things like that, and, you know, the sponsors he's picking up and things like that. And uh, I mentioned Sam, and I said, you know, honestly, I said, we could go to other places like San Diego or Colorado if Ken does one, and, you know, if we end up mm-hmm. down in, you know, southern, like maybe even Arizona or Florida. I said, you, you never know. We might end up in these places where somebody comes out of the woodwork like Sam did, and they could beat everybody, you know, yep. and he agrees. You know, that could that could happen. I mean, right now we have a good staple of, you know, like, Obviously, Big Cat's been in the top five both times. You right, know, Austin right. and Kenzo. Um, you have you have those guys, but then you have Zach coming up, and you know, Jack's Jack's still in there. Yep, um, Jack's still in there. Jake finished right behind me in eighth. Mm-hmm. You know, and and then you Brandon. Get Brandon. Like, yep, he's right in there as well. And it's great to see all these at least you know top ten people that hopefully mm-hmm. will always be around and be able to participate in these things. But you, you never know. We might you know there's a some guys from Hawaii that have a Fling Golf Hawaii Facebook, yeah, you know, yeah. they might they might end up in San Diego or Arizona if we ever end up there, and who knows, they might come in and you know mow us down. So it, it's yeah, that's yeah, the part no, that's it, kind it, of exciting. It really is, and I was uh, uh, Michael and I actually had a call with um, uh, Massanutten uh, yesterday, and uh, they're they're super excited. They were um, incredibly uh, thankful and impressed with. Um, with just the whole community and the people that were coming there. And um, I think a, a bit taken aback in a positive way about um, how serious people were taking it. Like, you know, when they do a tournament out there, people show up an hour before the tournament um, and then they play and then they leave. Um, you know, mostly it's people from around here. Maybe they come in, but like, it's like, you know, people come in here a few days early and playing like multiple rounds a day and then, you know, hitting the driving range, hitting the putting range. He's like, man, that was just exciting. They were, <laughs> they were energized uh, by that. But, um, uh, Cutter and I were talking about, um, you know, the next generation of players, um, and not not so much like, you know, Latham and you know, ten and twelve and fourteen year olds, but like people who mainly need a few months to catch up. Like if they've got a, a golf background and they they know how to putt, um, and they can adapt to the uh, fling stick putting um, pretty quickly. Like Austin, I think Austin's background, right, um, as a PGA Pro is yep. um, super helpful for that. You know, you throw a few people like that, and all of a sudden the whole game's getting raised. Because um, I, I think that's going to be the uh, that that next piece. You know, there will be people who come in and they can, you know, 22, 25-year-olds who are fleeing at 230, 240, 250, mm-hmm. but they'll have touch as well around the greens. That's going to be really cool. And I think, I mean, I think honestly that that's going to be exciting in the aspect of, growing growing the brand and growing the sport mm-hmm. you know 
Um, yeah, I would love to see, you know, Austin and Kenzo and Big Cat and maybe a few of us, you know, continue to always be in the top 10. Um, but realistically, that might not always be the case if, you know, mm -hmm. like you said, some of these, not necessarily younger, I mean, they could even be older people, but people that have a skill set, the skill set that can adapt to fling golf. Because like I said, you know, Mike Combs, from that first fling on hole one, to the 18th hole when we finished, because we actually started on one and finished on 18. Um, he just in those 18 holes, he had incredibly, in, you know, changed his game and gotten better just in one round. You know, mm -hmm. so you take somebody that's played golf for years that knows how to putt like Austin does, and then yeah. just figure out how to fling, how to do your, you know, your hundred yard flings, how to do your sidecars, and then get in that putting range where you can putt. I mean, there could be some serious competition if they decide that fling golf is what they want to do. Right, right, right. And I, and I think, too, uh, having um, having people around you that you can play with uh, and against uh, to push each other, like the Delaware crew, um, you know, they're they're awesome and a lot of fun. Um, but having the, that ability to, you know, like they did the summer play, um, you know, four or five Friday nights in a row um, in a, you know, a tournament where they're you know putting pressure on themselves to hit the shots, and uh, you know pushing themselves to be better um, collectively and individually, um, you know Big Cat and Zach uh, getting to play with each other, you know they're you know two of the best right now, and uh, will you know continue to push each other, and yeah, I think having having people around you uh, it can be really helpful. Right, and I mean. Unfortunately, up here right now, I'm the only one in Maine. Well, like mm -hmm. I said, there's three golf courses that have had fling golf, but as far as participation from for fling golf, I haven't really seen any besides myself, um, mm -hmm. which hopefully that'll change. I mean, I have some plans of next season once things open up around here to, you know, at least get out there as an ambassador and do some demos and yeah, do some clinics yeah. and, and try to get people in. I mean, at my golf course in town, the local one, I mean, Everybody loves the fact they love to see me do it, and they're, they're very supportive yeah, of it. And yeah. I've had a, I've had a couple people that have tried it, and I've had a couple people buy sticks and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And um, none of them have played with me yet um, since they got their sticks. Um, but my goal is to try to get more up here. And I honestly think my closest people, like like Lee's in New Hampshire, um, mm -hmm. so hopefully at some point I might be able to go play with him. And then you know, obviously Alex and. Steve and those guys are down there in Mass, which isn't that far from me. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it is difficult when it's when it's just you. I mean, I still get out and play with my my brother and my father, and then they play golf yeah. and I fling. Yeah. So, and I go practice by myself because you know I don't. I'm not one of these people that needs to play with somebody. I'll just I'll go practice and right. play right. by myself and do what I need to do. But I would love to. I'd love to have a group of you know four or a group of eight like we had in Virginia where you just roll up and all of a sudden there's four people flinging the ball or, yeah, or eight. I yeah. mean, even when we played in mass, when I played with Alex and Steve and, and their boys, there was five of us playing um, and we were flinging, mm -hmm. flinging and stuff. And I remember one hole we were on, you could see the golfers on the next hole above us, you know, like parallel to us on a different hole. And uh -huh. they were on their fairway when we got to our fairway and they all stopped and watched all five of us fling before they did anything. <laughs> and then we moved on to the, onto the green. So it's, you know, something like that's very cool because they stop and they look and they're like, Holy cow, what is that? And, yeah, you know, so yeah. I do like that aspect of it. I just, I hope to try to grow it more in Maine next year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, that's cool. That's cool. And, and yeah, best wishes to you. I think, uh, Maine's, Maine's lucky to have you. I think you're a great ambassador and um, uh, a great player. So that's a 
real uh, real benefit for them. Thank you. I appreciate that. And it's 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 one of those sports where I mean it really is a lot of fun. And I've gotten a lot of good feedback from my Facebook friends, you know, the people that I normally know, and they, they all seem to support it. And, and actually, back when we were trying to get 1,000 people in the group for the Fling Golf Players group, I sent invites to, I don't know, 10, 20, 30 of my regular friends just to get them to join the group to get us to 1,000 to help, you know, help Alex out and stuff. And, and uh, I think I probably got at least a dozen or more of my friends that don't even play it, but at least wanted to join the group to support me and then i mean when i make posts mm-hmm. on it they like it and things like that you know and um and then actually i mentioned to you a little bit before we started the broadcast was at one point this summer i had uh convinced my girlfriend nikki to yeah, go to yeah. go try play a little bit with us so we we went camping um down in one of the towns nearby monmouth and they have a golf course there which is called springbrook and it's a beautiful 18 hole course um, mm-hmm. and I talked to Alex, like if I, if we ever get to the point where we did one in Maine, that's probably where I would do it. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so anyways, we were camping close by and I had brought my fling sticks cause the golf course was close by, you know, so why mm-hmm. not? Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I convinced her, I said, you know, let's, let's go over there. We'll get a bucket of balls. You can try to throw it and, and I'll show you how to sidecar and putt. And, you know, same thing as everybody. The first couple throws were, you know, right in the ground, not very good. And, yep. You know, by the end of the the bucket of balls, she was doing fairly well. And then we started putting. You know, we kept like five balls a piece out of the bag, or the bucket, and started sidecar and putting and stuff like that. And um, that day happened to be hot as well, believe it or not. So (laughs) after like 35, 40 minutes of us doing this in the middle of the day, she's like, "Yeah, I've had enough." And I'm like, "Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty warm. Let's go back Mm -hmm. to the campground and have some drinks and go in the pool or whatever." And uh, so we did. So that was, I don't remember when, what the month was. So anyways, uh, like a month later, um, I had mentioned to my dad if him and my mother wanted to go out and play with mm-hmm. Nikki and I. And my mother had tried to play golf a couple times with my father last winter in Florida because she's never played in her life. And I guess she, she tried okay. a couple of times in Florida with him and she did okay. You know, she just, same thing. She wanted to get out and uh, hang out with him mm-hmm. and stuff. And mm-hmm. at one point last summer... She had gone out with me and my father and my brother, and she had just driven the cart for me, you know, and mm-hmm. I'd fling, and she drove the cart. So anyways, so the four of us went out, and uh, my mother took one of my fling sticks, and then Nikki took the other fling stick, and then I had my stick, and uh, we started playing, and my mother did fairly well. I mean, because the good thing with fling golf, like, you know, it goes straight, you know, yeah, so she yeah. threw it straight down the fairway quite a few times to get down. I mean, we start, we played at Cobbesey, which the first hole is a par five. You know, so oh, it kind of stinks because you're starting <laughs> on the furthest hole they got. Um, yeah. So anyways, we had a good time, and I think at one point my mother, you know, she's like, oh, I'll try the clubs again. So she grabbed my dad's clubs and hit a couple of shots, and she's like, oh, yeah, okay, maybe I'll go back to the fling stick. And um, <laughs> So anyway, she ended up taking that initial launch I bought back in 2020. She took that to Florida with her this fall. Um, so so they at least have a fling stick in Florida right yeah, now. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so, so Nikki had picked it up like very well so we played that 18 holes at Cobbesey with my folks and by the end of those 18 holes she was she was right there I mean she was she was doing very well her her first couple shots were I mean she's probably getting she's got to be getting close to 100 yards or more on her first shot oh Um, that's great it is good you know and then um obviously trying to dial in your your second and third shots are hard because mm-hmm. with fling you can't follow through you have to just stop or check it or 
you know. Right, and once right. she once she figured that out, I mean, she, she's she's gotten she's only played maybe two or three times total, I think, maybe because we played Cobbacy and then we played Apple Valley, and I think she's played two or three times, and she's she's gotten better. That's great. Well, there's a uh, it's really exciting. It was it was great to have. Um, uh, Britain, Brooke, and Rosie, and Krista uh, as a foursome uh, on the individual tournament. Um, and, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, with each uh, of the other tournaments coming up, we'll have more and more uh, ladies playing and um, uh, more folks uh, pushing Brit for that uh, title of women's champ. Well, that's, that's what I think. If we could uh, get some more women in, that'd be good. A big thank you to Mike DeRussia, main event for such a great conversation. After this recording was done, uh, Mike had an arm injury. Uh, he seems to be okay. Uh, he was helping out his local community uh, with the Snowmobile Club. Um, so best, best wishes to you for a speedy recovery. Get that arm healed up so we can see you doing your fling at the 2023 World League Fling Off events. Thanks again for joining, Mike. Uh, great talking to you and look forward to getting to, uh, to chat with you again soon. So now, instead of signing off, I'm going to kick it over to the after show. Enjoy. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the after show. I am the fod- podfather, Adam Copeland. And I am Showtime. Hey, Austin, how are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. I am excited about this new segment, uh, and I'm excited that we're doing this as a video podcast. Yeah, this is pretty cool. Uh, you know, I got my Revelation shirt on here, got my Showtime hat on, uh, so we're out here having a good time. And uh, yeah, this will be. I'm, I'm so excited to do this. Yeah, yeah. Big, uh, big thanks to um, the American Classic Golf Club uh, for sponsoring the podcast, as well as uh, doing this segment. Um, uh, fantastic place to play fling golf or regular golf, um, if yep. if you want to. We know we're all here for fling. <laughs> um, but uh, big thanks to to them for uh, for their sponsorship of the po- ongoing sponsorship of the podcast. Yeah, man, always anything we can do. Cool. So we are about ten days removed from the Virginia Fling Golf Open, uh, of which you took home top honors in two of the three events. Uh, congratulations! Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of hard work. Yeah, how's uh, how's it been since then? It's been a whirlwind. Um, I don't want to say roller coaster because there hasn't been any lows yet. Okay. Uh, so we're just going to use whirlwind, but it's been so much fun um, from talking with my current sponsors. All of them at this point have agreed to do more with me and they're interested in talking with the boys and seeing what they can do with the sport. So a lot of positive on that side. I've also had a couple other companies reach out behind the scenes to ask awesome. me, Hey man, like we like what you're doing. Uh, so that's been fun, uh, but also a lot of communication amongst my fellow peers, my fellow competitors, and uh, just really trying to, you know, help everybody grow and, and push this thing forward to the best ability that I can for everybody else. Yeah, you. Uh, it was really cool um, to see all the hard work that you had put in between uh, the Classic uh, in Delaware and the tournament in Virginia to see how that paid off. Um, I got to play with you a couple of times. Um between then, uh, once when uh, you came out in September, uh, and then uh, one of the pre-tournament rounds. Um, right. And, uh, yeah, you know, like I've said about uh, several folks, including uh, I said this about Sean, talking to him uh, on this week's, last week's episode, 
Um, you know, you are uh, very generous with your instruction and insights uh, and looking to help other players um, solicited or unsolicited uh, for that in a, a very, uh, very professional way. So uh, I appreciate, I appreciate yeah. that personally, but I know that uh, the rest of the community does as well. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. And like I said, 10 days ago, I hope, you know, you're keeping that right hand loose and relaxed. That way you That's can right. knock down those putts. So. Yeah. But, and, uh, and then uh, the other one was um, uh, slow down my first steps and exploding on the, on the throw. Right. That was right. Uh, you know, a lot of us talk about that outfield crow hop and there's mm -hmm. truth to that, but the more and more I broke it down, I think it's pitching. I think it's mm -hmm. coming set and exploding off the rubber and, uh, yeah, dude, the pod father, he, uh, he made some noise too, you know, a couple of days ago. So give yeah, yourself some credit. I, I, I have let go of those, uh, the two drop balls I had that would have put me top 10 instead of number 12 in the tournament. Um, oh. but, uh, but you know, that, you know, there's always, always room to improve, uh, always, uh, better concentration at different moments to do. But uh, I think, you know, it, it was really cool to see, uh, the improvement, the hard work that, uh, everybody been putting in. Uh, yeah, man. To, and I knew, I, I knew that was going to happen too, you know, cause everyone got, we got to sink our teeth into it a little bit back in May and everybody, nobody knew what anyone's ability was at that point, but we yeah. all kind of had a good idea. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was a matter of just putting in the work, putting in the time. Um, I've been following a lot of other people, you know, like obviously, I knew Scantron was going to be a good competitor. Mm -hmm. uh, main event totally upped his game. Uh, I got to qualify with the Mountaineer in May, and he didn't play well then, but I saw the potential, so I'm not mm -hmm. surprised mm -hmm. to see him finish sixth. Uh, obviously, Brooks, Kenzo, those guys are just tanks. Yeah. So uh, tons of good talent, um, but I'm really happy to come out on top of that because I, I put in a lot of time, and my lovely wife definitely uh, allowed me to do it. So Brooke is amazing and i'm very grateful for her uh for allowing me to do that so kudos to shows over and to navy as well uh, and to navy she sacrificed some daddy time and right. uh right now it's really cool especially with our, our upcoming trip to disney world and uh, i get to just kind of unwind the only thing i'm mad about adam is when i won the championship i didn't i didn't yell i'm going to disney world <laughs> I, I missed my opportunity uh but hopefully down the road that that opportunity presents well itself. Uh, maybe you can talk to the mouse while you're down there to see if that's um a sponsorship that they could work out uh for next year's uh virginia fling golf open hey we already have the espn connections I'll, maybe right. i'll talk with john know who i need to find out and uh you know we'll see what happens hey we're a <laughs> so couple i'm gonna days. hang out with darth vader for a day too yeah i gotta well, get my yeah. geek on <laughs> um we're recording this a couple of days after uh halloween uh you just got to have your first halloween as a dad navy had her first uh how was that uh any, any oh highlights? My God. it was it was amazing um i've been logged on here about 15 minutes before you and i was just destroying some kit kats some snickers <laughs> uh, so if i have any chocolate in my teeth i apologize but man having a having a, a one-year-old who can't eat nothing is amazing. Um, but I know the next, the next 15 years, it's all her. So I, I definitely enjoyed this Halloween. <laughs> so you mentioned Kit Kat and Snickers. Uh, what are your other, round out your top five. What are your other three? Oh, well, so yeah, so Snickers is one, uh, Twix would be two. I would say Skittles, Kit Kat four, and then Oh, like any lollipop, like it's, it's like honestly, the Jolly Rancher lollipops are mm, so mm -hmm. good. 
so good. And you can't even like lick them. You just straight up bite them off the stick and throw the stick away. <laughs> so yeah, those, those are a pretty good top five, you know, being put on the spot there. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm, I'm good with those. I wouldn't put in Skittles. I'm I definitely lean towards chocolate. Uh, going to okay. lollipops. We, um, if you're ever in Northwest Ohio, go to the Dum Dum factory. Uh, That's where it is. Yeah. Awesome tour. Awesome. I bet you that I bet you that whole town smells smells amazing. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it does. It does. And and some other time I'll have to share. We found out the secret of what the mystery flavor is. It's cherry, right? No. It's a so blend. whenever when, I'll, I'll just go ahead and tell you whenever yeah. they run, like say they're making cherry, they get done with that batch, mm-hmm. they fill in the next flavor instead of cleaning it out. And so it's a mix of two flavors and it varies by whatever order they're doing that in. Okay. Now that's cool because I thought it was like cherry and one other flavor. And it, one mystery uh, dum-dum could be that. And another one could be a different one. Oh, I love it, that. It's, it's fascinating that they took something to be more efficient uh, to make okay, it dumb, mysterious. Dum-dum just passed the Jolly Rancher pop. <laughs> And they might even have passed Skittles too. So they're all of a sudden they just went up the to third or fourth place. So <laughs> I love that. That's so cool. Um, so I know um, from our conversations and uh, text messages, um, one of the things that you've been uh, active with is taking a lot of questions from folks, yeah. um, uh, particularly around uh, marketing. Uh, you do a fantastic job marketing yourself. You've um, been at the forefront uh, with Ken in securing uh, sponsorships. Um, and we're seeing more and more folks uh, add those in, which is incredibly exciting. Uh, shout so out to awesome. Yada Golf uh, for it. these threads. Um, yeah, Yada gotta love it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, lucky Jack. That's, that, <laughs> I love that phrase. Me too. Typical Jack, that's him. <laughs> so what, uh, I thought it'd be fun if we're gonna try to do this as a weekly segment uh, on the tail end of each um, podcast episode. Um, and so for the first three, we wanted to break that up and um, kind of look at marketing yourself um, and, and what are the three main key points. So uh, for this one, uh, what are we going to talk about? So I think uh, the first main key point that people have to know in regards to marketing themselves is confidence. You have to have it. You have to be confident in yourself and what you're doing doesn't mean you have to be cocky (laughs) and everybody talks about that and i know everyone's like oh well of course this is what austin wants to talk about confidence but but the fact of the matter is though no one is going to believe in you if you don't believe in yourself and you know like no one can sell you to other people no one can like believe in you more than yourself so by having that confidence by showing that you you believe in your abilities both on and off the course that's infectious and Mm -hmm. uh these other companies you know like they'll pick up on that for sure you know so i think it's just a matter of of understanding that you don't have to be showtime you don't Mm -hmm. have to be hollywood you don't have to be any of those types of things um but you have to show confidence in who you are and that alone 100% 100% sells itself. And I, I just want people to know that it, it is so true um, in many things. Um, but especially when it comes to marketing yourself and gaining sponsors, just be confident, like own it. It's yours. Go get it. How do, um, how do you demonstrate that, um, say, with a, a brand or a company? Um, 
I'm guessing you've probably made some cold calls or reached out without any connections. Um, what does that look like? Is that, um, are you emailing folks? Are you calling them? Um, and yeah. uh, via that mechanism, what are, um, what are the different ways that? Yeah. So, uh, first and foremost, um, you know, I'll, uh, I'll message them on, on Instagram. If I see that their accounts active, mm -hmm. I will email them. If I see that they have, um, like an info at whatever. Um, but I always do follow it up with a call, but pretty much it starts with introducing myself. You know, like, hey, my name's Austin Ebersol, aka Showtime, and I'll I'll put an emoji there because at, at a the emoji, you know, is it professional? Mm -hmm. No, am I? Hell no. So <laughs> you know, it, but that's that confidence a little bit. But it also shows them that I do have a personality right off the bat. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so I introduce myself. I say hello. I'm like, hey, I am one of the top players in this new fast and growing sport. Um, I, you know, this, I'll use May for an example, when I didn't win, it's easy to sell yourself when you win. Mm -hmm. Um, so back in May, it's like, Hey, you know, I just finished in the top five. Um, I had so much fun. I have a huge following already. And it's just like, you know, if you, it, if you, I'm totally butchering it right now, but no, that's fine. You're good. You're good. So I know you're going to edit it later. Um, all right, no, I can't. Start. I can't edit video. Ah! I, think, no, I think I can. <laughs> we'll see. Ah! <laughs> All right. Um, so, dang, I'm really botching it right now. The dog got me. The dog. So, told me. <laughs> uh, let's see. Jumping back in, you were. Um, you'll introduce yourself. Throwing an emoji. Uh, you talk yes, about yes, yes, where yes, you yes, stand. Uh, you, you finish top five. Uh, yeah. Then what's the next, next piece? Right. So then after that, it follows up with, Hey, um, you know, so here's my, here's who I am. Here's my credentials. So I'm reaching out to you guys today to see if you're interested in, in getting on this train before it leaves the station mm -hmm. and like little catchphrases like that also catch their attention. Cause they're like, Oh, like, okay. Like what, the, what more does he have to say? But it also comes across pretty confident as well. And mm -hmm. then, you know, I, I, I talk about fling golf. I talk about how it's a blend of lacrosse and golf, but how baseball players and ice hockey players are also having success in the sport. Mm -hmm. So I tease it as if I'm going to go into this whole thing about me, but I kind of flip it really quick into just mm -hmm. what the sport is so they know. And then once I kind of talk about the sport and how we play, then it funnels into like, hey, check out my Instagram, check out my Facebook. Um, So-and-so already works with me, and you can see that I promote them very well. It gets a lot of mm -hmm. likes, a lot of action. Um, but that's kind of how I how I like to do it. Mm -hmm. It's it's like introduction of who I am. Uh, talk about the sport. Don't you, I'm sure they get emails and DMs all day long about people praising themselves about who they are and mm -hmm. what they've done. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I just want them to see what fling golf is. And if they YouTube it, or if they click on the, the fling golf account, cause I'll, I'll add them in the message yeah. and, and add their handle and whatnot. And, and from there, you know, they, some respond right away, but some might respond a day later and they're like, Hey, like, thanks for reaching out. Mm -hmm. We like what you're doing. Like, yeah, this seems pretty cool. Yeah. And, and yeah. let us know what we can do. And then I follow up with, well, Hey, um, and I think this is a big suggestion for everybody in that moment. This is when you go, Hey, would you like to schedule a call? Cause mm -hmm. it's one thing to text people, email people and message people, but having that actual phone conversation, 
is huge because now you can really gauge where the conversation is going by how they're talking, their tone, their excitement, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's when I would be like, hey, like, um, are you free this day? Like, if so, you can reach me at this. And uh, yeah, I'd love to talk about it. And it it has almost always led to at least a phone call. Um, not going to say that all of them led to mm-hmm. to a sponsorship, but they at least heard me. They followed me. They're, they're still watching to an extent. Yeah. Yeah. I might not be at the top of their feed, um, but, you know, just by clicking on Fling Golf and clicking on me, all of a sudden, you know how the algorithms work. That's right. And all of a sudden, it just pops up more and more on their news feed. So, yeah, I think, like I said, introduce yourself, be polite, maybe have a little fun with it or, or show the confidence mm-hmm. in some way. Um, obviously, um, you know, don't be too crazy with it, which is funny coming from me. But then push the sport explain the sport that way they they have something else to go on and then wrap it up with with you know who you are and and what you're wanting to do and willing to do that's awesome i think that's a really good insight and really uh uh, really succinct in in what to do and how to do that um i i think it's interesting that you're um you're looking it sounds like you're looking at uh, instagram kind of as the primary place uh, to start. Um, yeah, because that's no where the owners it. are. Like the founders, um, the founders of these companies and like that's where they are. They're running the Instagram accounts. Um, you're going to get lost on Facebook, for example. Yeah. Um, nobody checks their emails all day long. Uh, but when you do it on Instagram, that's where they are, whether they're on their per- personal private accounts or the business right. account. So... It's, it's definitely the most successful platform that I've used so far to at least get attention. Yeah. That's again, really good insight. Well, cool. Well, uh, I think this has been really good. I I love part one, um, of insights with uh, showtime, um, here on the after show. Um, you'll be able to find us on YouTube as well as on the future of the fairway podcast. Um, thanks for joining us and we will see you next time. See you guys later. A big thank you to Mike DeRussia, main event for such a great conversation. After this recording was done, uh, Mike had an arm injury. Uh, he seems to be okay. Uh, he was helping out his local community uh, with the snowmobile club. Um, so best, best wishes to you for a speedy recovery. Get that arm healed up so we can see you doing your fling at the 2023 World League Fling Golf events. Thanks again for joining, Mike. Uh, great talking to you and look forward to getting to, uh, to chat with you again soon. So now, instead of signing off, I'm going to kick it over to the after show. Enjoy.